Hello and welcome back to the Daily Study of the Way of Mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide and friend. And today we continue with Lesson 9, All Events Are Neutral. And we're going to continue with Section 2 that's titled, Look with Innocence on What You Value. And even this, this subtitle says a lot. Innocence without judgment. Oh, look what I'm doing here. Look what I'm valuing. I don't like I, I don't like that I'm valuing judgment, but look, I, clearly I am valuing judgment because I'm judging. So look with innocence, with kind of like a wonder, a lightness on what you value. Not judging yourself. Oh, why am I doing this? What the heck is wrong with me? You know, look with innocence on what you value. And then you just make a different choice. It can be that light. You don't need to punish yourself, slog yourself. What, what, what's wrong with me? I'm unworthy. Why am I doing this? No, look with innocence on what you value. And last episode, Jester was talking about like, where do you draw the line of what's neutral and what's not? Because the, the title of this lesson is all events are neutral. Not just the ones that you think are neutral or the ones that we all agree are neutral. All events are neutral. Where have you said, I'll allow neutrality in this sphere, but not in that sphere? And he gives a bunch of examples, which are all, when it happens to someone else, I can see it as neutral. When it's happening to me, no, not neutral at all. So we continue with paragraph four, where Jeshua says, it's always wise to look lovingly to see where you have drawn the line, to see what you will look upon as neutral and what you cling to as being filled with meaning and value that is unquestionable. For there you will find what requires forgiveness within you. We have shared with you that mastery is a state of fearlessness. When you place a value upon something and then become adamant that that value exists in the event or the object outside of you, you have secured your place in fear. And fearlessness is as far from you as the East is from the West. So look lovingly, again, without judgment. Look innocently just to see where you have drawn the line. And if you haven't done this yet, pause the recording and do it. Where, where are your like non-negotiables? Jeshua says the meaning and value that's unquestionable. And, and one area is look at like what your values are. Like these are my values. And when they're violated, I get upset. <laughs> Honesty. Honesty is a value of mine. And when someone's dishonest, um, I have the right to judge them. They're clearly being wrong. Dishonesty is wrong. Doesn't it say it in the Ten Commandments? Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. These things are wrong. But Jeshua is saying, you know, politicians, these guys are all liars. These these people are all liars. Jeshua says on the page before, when an environmentalist looks upon a logger, when you look upon a politician, become exasperated and judge the politician, the body is being used to communicate the value of judgment. It doesn't matter what the judgment is. Just that judgment is okay. And that creates, Jeshua says, fear and contraction. And we seem, we, we, we feel so justified. That's the thing. Of course, of course, honesty is a non-negotiable. It's unquestionable. And then we judge. That's, that's the point of our suffering, the judgment, the fear and the contraction. You could see someone being dishonest and have compassion and love for them. That they're that afraid that they feel like they need to lie and distort the truth to get their needs met in some way, which means they don't think they have their needs met, which means they think they're lacking, which means they think they're separate, which means they're disconnected from the truth of their being. Let me bring love and compassion. I don't need to bring judgment. 
Jeshua says, there you will, what you find in your non-negotiables, where if it's violated, you have the right to be angry or upset. There you will find what requires forgiveness within you. We have shared that mastery is a state of fearlessness and not necessarily like, oh, I'm fearless. I'm going to face my fears and, and go into the unknown with bravery and courage. I think this fearlessness is like with more innocence, like, oh, look, look, that's what I've been doing. I've been afraid of that thing. And I can see now there's nothing to be afraid of with love and innocence. When you place a value on something and then become adamant that the value exists in the event or the object outside of you, you have secured your place in fear. And that's the thing. When you're adamant about something, you're attached to something, you're so certain, you're so, you know, certain of that thing. That's you, you have created that. When you place a value upon something, Jeshua says, and then dig your heels in and just say, this is how it is. You've secured your place in fear because if it's not that way in your mind, you're in judgment and you're creating fear and contraction in your heart. So let's continue. Here we go. Jeshua says, look well then to see where you have placed a value and insisted that that value be unshakable. How many times in each of your days do you say, and then he's saying, quote, oh boy, if my dog ever died, I would not be able to take it. That would just be the end of me. Or if the banks collapse, oh God, I wouldn't be able to take that. Be careful what you decree. Look to see where you are emotionally enmeshed with the value you have placed upon anything or anyone. Any relationship whatsoever, whether it be the relationship with your spouse, the relationship with your body, the relationship with your cat or dog, the relationship with your bank account, the relationship with your government. Look at all of your relationships, for you have made them what they are. Where can freedom be experienced, save within a consciousness that has learned how to transcend the contraction of fear? And fear is the result of your attachment to the values you have placed upon the events you experience, which are made up of events, persons, places, and things. All of these are actually just events, and all events are neutral. You know, when I was reading this section, I wrote in the margin, I remember that 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 image they showed on the news over and over again of this woman. She seemed middle-aged. She had glasses on. And it was when they announced that Trump had won the election. And she's like doing a blood curdling scream like, no, it was like the it was like the worst thing in the absolute world happened to her. And she was just blood curdling, screaming the expression there. And it just made me think about like that's the opposite of neutral. And you could say that, you know, again, that's why that's why some of these topics are so can be so divisive, but they're so revealing. Trump, Biden, Republican, conservative, Democrat, liberal, abortion, pro-life, guns, all of it. It can be so revealing where we have made it not neutral. So let's use it. Let's use it. Where have you placed a value that you insist is unshakable? How many times in each of your days do you say, well, 
if my dog ever died, if my if I got fired from my job, if my spouse ever left me, if my kids ever got hurt or died, it would be the end of me. I've you know, and a lot of parents are like this. A lot of parents are like, my kids are my everything. And if anything ever happened to them, I don't know. And I get it. I'm a parent. I understand that. That fear, I get it. And whenever I experience that fear inside of me, I'm aware, like I'm trying to apply this stuff and practice this stuff. I mean, my own brother passed away and I, and I can't even imagine as a parent what that's like for my, their relationship to his passing is different than mine. I understand that. I appreciate that. And I also, as a parent, understand that Yes, my children are my responsibility in a way to like keep them fed and, you know, keep them safe and, you know, help grow them up to be good people in the world, but their souls have their own curriculum. And I'm not there to control it, manage it, dictate it. Their soul is going to have the experiences that their soul needs, regardless of my interference or manipulation or trying to control it or direct it. That's just fact. And in truth, their soul chose me as their father, knowing who I am as a father. I'm going to give them all the perfect lessons that they're going to get from me. And I'm doing the best I can. And they're still going to have issues with me. That's how parenting works. That's kind of the nature of the relationship. Kids have issues with their parents. That's the dynamic. That's And that's okay. I embrace that. I'm doing the best I can. They're doing the best they can. We're going to have issues because issues are how we grow. So it's okay. It makes me think of that amazing, beautiful poem by Khalil Gibran. It's called On Children. If, you ha- if you're a parent and you haven't read it, read it, please. It's called On Children by Khalil Gibran. And it's basically, I would read it if I had it in front of me. Let me actually pull it up. I want to read it. All right, I'm sitting in front of my computer now. And so Khalil Gibran has this poem he wrote, and it says, Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. For their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he, capital H, he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Such a beautiful poem about parenting, but so many parents confuse their kids with them. If anything ever happened to my kid, it would destroy and devastate me. I get it on one level and at another level, your child is a soul just as you are infinite, eternal, timeless, coming into incarnating this human experience. Jeshua says, be careful what you decree. Remember in an earlier part of the thing, he says, what you decree is. But what you decree, what you think is so in the world, is. 
if you in your bones right now are so convinced that, yes, I can be a millionaire, but there's a finite pie of money that all of us are kind of competing for, then you're living in a world of lack and scarcity. If that's what you're decreeing, that there is lack and scarcity and I'm trying to get mine. If you decree that all things in the physical come from the invisible, from the quantum field, so there's no limit on that, and what can come to me is not in any way based on what, it doesn't take anything away from anyone else. It's not a zero-sum game. If I win, you lose. If I decree that it's the quantum field and all things can be created and all things are possible and I have complete dominion over what I'm calling to myself, you're going to have a totally different experience around abundance and money than someone who's fighting for the same pie with other people. So what? be careful what you decree, Jeshua says. Where are the areas of your life where you're like, well, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. That's exactly what we're talking about. When you say that's just how it is, you are decreeing it. You're going to experience it. Look to see where you are emotionally enmeshed with the value that you have placed upon anything or anyone. Again, what you are so certain that is just the value that everybody else has. No, that's you. You are that. And other people might also have the same value, but you are holding the value inside of yourself. Any relationship whatsoever, the relationship with your spouse. Again, take the time to do these exercises to look what am I making unquestionable? The relationship with your body, the relationship with your pet, the relationship with your kids, the relationship with your bank account and money, the relationship with your government. Look at all of it. For you have made them what they are for you. Where can freedom be experienced except within a consciousness that has learned how to transcend the contraction of fear, to get out of the dichotomy dichotomy of judgment, of right and wrong, of this or that. That's what, because judgment is fear and contraction. That's what this whole thing is about. This whole chapter about all events are neutral is helping us get out of judgment. Rumi says, out beyond the ideas of right-making and wrong-making, there's a field, I will meet you there. Where can, how can you be free? If you are in judgment, you can't. So Jeshua is teaching us how learning how to transcend what he says, the contraction of fear, how to transcend judgment. That's what this lesson's about. And fear, whenever you feel fear in any way, it's the result of your attachment to the values that you have placed upon the events you experience which are made up of events, persons, places, things, all of it. All of these things are just events. And all people, events, things, places are neutral. All of it. Again, it's like that story of the farmer whose you know, uh, horse runs away and the neighbor says, oh, what a travesty. Sorry, you don't have your horse. You can't be as productive on your farm. And the farmer says, oh, is that so? And then the horse comes back and it brought back three wild horses with it. And then the neighbor says, oh, my goodness, look at this. This is a great boon on your farm. You're going to be so much more productive now. Wow, lucky you. And the farmer says, is that so? And then the farmer's son, who's trying to tame the horses, falls and breaks his leg. And the neighbor says, oh, my God, what a travesty. Your son may never walk the same again. This is the most awful thing ever. And the farmer says, is that so? 
And then the army comes through the town trying to, you know, take all the young people to go off to the battle and they're probably going to die. But the, the farmer's son can't go because he's got a broken leg, so they skip him. And the neighbor says, oh, my gosh, how lucky, how amazing. Life loves you. And the farmer just says, is that so? Right? There's no judgment of right or wrong, of better or worse. It's just all neutral. There's no fear there. There can be the opening to love. Jeshua says in paragraph eight, every web of relationship comes to you perfectly neutral. Every person, every event, everything is coming to you perfectly neutral. It's a blue. It's not hidden from you. Every web of relationship comes to you perfectly neutral. You decree it by naming it and defining it. When one comes to you in anger and you react, recognize that you first decided that they are angry and you have brought forth with it all of the associations you have ever decided to value concerning what anger means. Let's look at that. When one comes to you in anger, so you decree it by naming it and defining it. So when you see someone and you're like, they are angry, it brings forth all of the associations with anger into your experience. That's what Jeshua is talking about. When you name or define it, you experience your associations with it. That's why every person is experiencing kind of their own inner reality, their own experience. I have a story about this that happened this morning. I was driving home, kind of rushing, and there was a car driving slower than the speed limit in front of me. And as I've already mentioned on this podcast, driving is my beautiful classroom for patience and trust and love. And so I, I definitely wasn't driving right up on this person's butt, but I was close, but not too close, in my opinion. And when they, you know, this was for a, a, a couple minutes and I'm getting a little frustrated, but I'm also listening to the sports radio talk about the NBA playoffs. So I'm kind of more focused on that than really being conscious to what uh, we're, we're talking about here. And then this person slows down to make a turn, but they slow so far down, extra slow to make sure that I really had to slow down. And it was definitely like, hey, I know you've been on my butt and screw you. I'm going to go even slower. So you have to slow down even more. And I know you don't want to slow down because you've been on my butt. It was that. <laughs> and and so as I'm kind of passing this person, I again, I'm looking like who's who's driving like that? And then they're looking back at me and they were on the phone, too. So it was even more judgment on my part. It was so funny. And so I'm like, they're on the phone. They're judging me because if they weren't judging me, they wouldn't be looking back to see who I am. So they're judging me. They're on the phone. They're in the wrong. They're going too slow. They're being dangerous by slowing so far down just to get under my skin. They got under my skin. Why aren't I? Why aren't I at peace? And it was just all of this stuff happening in a moment. And it was it was funny. Like once I saw it, it was like, oh, my gosh, again, this is the work. This is the work. That Jeshua was talking about when one comes to you in anger and you react. So this person was angry at me and I reacted because I thought what they were doing was to get back at me by slowing down, making me slow down even more. Recognize, Jeshua says, that you first decided that they are angry. That's totally true. I definitely decided they were angry or annoyed with me. So then Jeshua was saying you have brought forth with 
it all of the associations you have ever decided to value concerning what anger means. So it triggered inside of me. And so I had to look when I'm reading this and it's perfect for today. What anger means? It means judgment. It means someone's being victimized. Something's being unfair. Something is justified as right and wrong. That's what anger means to me. You don't get angry if nothing's wrong. You only get angry if something's unfair, something should be different, if someone's not treating you right, right? That's in my mind, that's what anger is. It's very justified. And there it is, the value of judgment. And it was all there. So I get to bless this other driver for being my angel this morning, for playing this role for me. They were not victimizing me. They were helping me. And I created this experience to reveal, to uncover these kind of subconscious beliefs that that I'm not really realizing how is insidious the right word, ubiquitous, whatever, like how deep they are and how layered in they are. So I get to see them. This is the work, being vigilant. And I'm exposing myself on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm supposed to be teaching this or commenting on this, this spiritual text. Yeah, I'm in judgment all the time, but we're doing it together. But that's the whole point of this stuff. Let's apply it. Let's see. And let's kind of laugh at ourselves and be like, there it is. On the day that we're talking about this, I had the experience so that I could talk about it. So I could be honest about it with myself. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Jeshua says, and we'll complete here. In paragraph nine, yet in that very moment, you hold the power to witness this field of energy circulating through the body and mind and the speech of another and to see it as a dance of energy, a mystery arising from some unseen source and web of relationships. You could look upon it with curiosity and with wonder if you defined it differently. And that's so true. In that very moment, I could be like, And I did see, I was able to see, because we're talking about this every day, because we made a commitment to practice this stuff in our life, it's on the top of our mind. It's important to us and me. So I'm applying it and I'm seeing it. So I have the power to to witness this field of energy, this anger circulating through my body and mind and to see it as a dance of energy, a mystery arising from some unseen source and web of relationships. And I could look upon it with curiosity and with wonder If I defined it differently, if I was just like, oh, this is a neutral event happening. This person is driving. This person is driving. Right. When I say slow, a slow driver, I have all these associations inside of myself with the the phrase or the thought slow driver. That creates. Frustration, impatience, which seeds back into lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of whatever inside of me. When I just see this is a this is a person in front of me or a car in front of me going, then I have a whole different experience. The minute I say this person's driving slow, in my mind it's too slow and I'm judging and then I'm creating this whole experience inside of myself. It's that simple. I could bring neutrality. This is just happening. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's not helping me. It's not hurting me. It's just happening. And my experience of driving is totally different. I might even be conscious of let me bless this person and let me bless myself 
for any judgments, forgive myself for any judgments I might have, as subtle as they might be, about a slow driver. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to bless myself so that I can bless this person. This is the practice. And when you think you're failing, oh, man, I totally failed when I judged that person. That's the work. It's practice. It's success because you're aware of it. It's raising awareness, looking with innocence on what we are really valuing. Not what we talk about, say we're valuing. Oh, talk about all this spiritual stuff. No, it, this is revealing what you're really valuing at a subconscious level so you can see it and make a different choice. That's empowerment. If you don't ever see it, you can't choose something different. We're doing the work together. This is awesome. It's fun. It's real life. I love you guys. If you get value from the pod, please like, subscribe, share with someone else who you think would get value from this. Uh, give us a good review, please. I want to give a shout out to Leia. Leia, thank you so much for reaching out, taking a minute just to say hello, that you're rereading The Way of Mastery and you're listening to the podcast as a compliment to it. I love that you took a time out to say hello and that we're connecting as a community. If you're listening and you haven't reached out, take a minute. Just say, hey. If it seems weird or whatever, that's okay. Let it be weird. It's just nice to meet the people that are listening. You can email me, hello at revelationbreathwork.com. It's fun to meet you guys, creating community. And if you're interested in being a part of the year-long Living the Way of Mastery, where we are going to spend one month on each lesson and applying it like I'm just talking about now in our daily life. Imagine what happens in a year of your life but you have the support and the context and the encouragement and the exercise and the tools in this context of the way of mastery to move through the things that you are experiencing within a year. Oh my God, so much has happened in my life in the last year. Major big events, little events, and uh, and using the way of mastery to to navigate it and to really see it as all beautiful material for my expansion and healing and growth has been amazing. And imagine doing that in a small group of eight people, but we already have some people starting to sign up. So now it's seven people. Intimate, supportive, amazing. Let me know. Send me an email. Hello at revelationbreathwork.com. I love you guys. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next time.